Well, good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time you're watching this junior high. I hope you guys are having a great week. Uh, now, normally this is the week where we would have a party for you eighth graders, uh, where you would move up uh, to senior high, but we are not doing that this year. Uh, this year, at the earliest you eighth graders, uh, you'll move up to uh, senior high uh, over summer camp. But from now on, I will know we no longer have sixth graders. You guys have graduated. You're now seventh graders. We no longer have seventh graders. You guys have moved up, and you're eighth graders. And you eighth graders, you're now old. You're now freshmen. So I'm going to start referring to you guys as 7th graders, 8th graders, and freshmen. So congratulations on being old. Now, last Wednesday was our last regular small groups. Uh, and normally we take a few weeks off uh, as exams and things like that would be happening in the first week of June. We are not doing that this year. You guys are getting bonus small groups. But we are changing up a few things uh, as it relates to small groups. Uh, this Wednesday night, we'll have small groups, 7 to 9, uh, but we will have three separate Zoom calls. One for you rising 7th graders, one for you rising 8th graders, and one for you rising freshman old people. Um, leaders uh, and parents should have the links to this, um, so you, they'll have that if you need to figure out uh, how to log on to that. Um, we're going to do a couple things together in your group, so you'll be able to see all the other seventh graders, all the you know everyone else in your class. We'll do some large group activities, um, and then we will end by kind of what we do on a normal small group when we could meet in person, splitting up into your small group times uh, to look at God's word together. Uh, we want to give you an opportunity to kind of broaden some of the friends you see, mix up some of the groups a little bit, um, and and we got a lot of fun planned for you, and, and we just we want to. Uh, do something a little different uh, as we are entering the summer and hope that you can join us this Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Now, uh, from now uh, until summer camp, which you can sign up for online at restinbible.org slash summer camp, we are going to be looking at the book of Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians, if you look at, if you re listen to all the sermons I've ever preached, is probably my most quoted uh, book. I love it. I pray that it'll be a great encouragement uh, to each of you. As we are looking at Ephesians, I'm going to be working on shortening my messages, but I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Uh, on, the, on the website, restinbible.org slash youthhope, right under my message is a little link with, uh, <clears throat> with a quick sheet that I would love for you to download that's at, that gives you the passage of scripture we're looking at this week, a couple questions for you to think through. I want you guys, I don't, want, I don't want to just tell you about Ephesians, I want you to read the book of Ephesians for yourself. So right under my video uh, is a link with uh, just a, a quick thing you can download. It'll take you a few minutes just to read Ephesians, uh, read Ephesians, Ephesians 1 today and, uh, and answer a couple quick questions. Uh, if you don't, we're going to be talking about that at small groups. If you don't come to small groups, I'd encourage you to still print that out, go through it, and talk about some of those questions with your parents. Now, the book of Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul near the end of his life. Somewhere around 60, uh, 65 AD, he was in a prison uh, in Rome, um, and he's writing uh, to the church in Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey, as you see on the map here. Keep in mind, as he's talking about how blessed he feels and how much God loves him and all the awesome things God has done for him, 
he is writing not from a place of great material blessing. It's not like he's living up the dream uh, on a beach, chilling and eating a lot of good food. No, he's in, he's in prison or under house arrest. Um, and he's still talking about how much God has blessed him. And kind of the, the key point I want you to hear today as we look at Ephesians 1 is, do I realize how ridiculous, ridiculous, whatever crazy word for amazingly, God has blessed us. God has just so richly blessed us. And do I realize that? Now, the, the person you see on your screen right now is a woman. Her name is Jinx Taylor. Okay. And about 10 years ago, she went on a PBS TV show called Antiques Roadshow. I'd show you the clip right now, but I can't put video clips in my messages. And the, the whole point of, uh, of, uh, Antique Roadshow is people would bring in the random stuff they have and then experts tell them how much their stuff is worth. Well, she had this collection of, of jade bowls that, and statues that she had inherited from her dad. And he had been to China around the time of World War II and had bought them. And for years, they just sat on her shelf. She looked at them. They looked pretty. They brought her, they, they brought her some joy, but she had no idea of their worth or really even what they were other than she knew they, she, her dad got them from China and they were made uh, of jade. Um, now during this time, uh, she was never broke, um, but she had struggles. She wasn't a, like, she wasn't like she was a multimillionaire or anything like that. And she's looking at them like, Hey, they're kind of cool. And maybe they're worth a hundred bucks or so. Well, she goes on the TV show and she finds out they're worth around a million dollars. And, um, you can Google it. I'll put the link right here if you want to Google that. Um, but a couple of things, uh, about, about that just really strike me about, about her. First of all, she had more that she didn't even bring in. So they value her collection at a million dollars. She's like, Oh, I got all this other stuff uh, that I could bring in too. She's, she's sitting on a million plus dollars worth of stuff and has no idea of its value. Second, she had bills. I mean, she was never broke, but she could have used the money along the way. She could have paid off some of her debts. She could have gone on vacation or do anything, but, but she had no idea of the true value. To her, they were just, they were just things that, that looked nice and sat in her display cabinet. You know, I've got a display cabinet in my house of, of stuff I've collected on some of my different trips. Yeah, they, they bring back some memories, but they're not worth anything. And I just kind of look at them every once in a while. And the last thing I want you to po point out from her is she didn't pay a dime for what she had. Her dad gave them to her. And we might laugh at someone like, like her and be like, oh man, she has all this, this stuff and didn't even know it. Um, but I think that's how I am a lot of times with God. See, what God has done for us, we paid nothing for. It's not, I didn't die on a cross for it. Jesus died on a cross for me. It didn't cost me anything. But so, so many times I just put that on a shelf and say, hey, that's cool. You know, I'll talk about it in small groups or watch some videos on it. But, but when I have to pay the bills of life, right, when there's hard times uh, in my life, when I don't know what to do, when I'm struggling with different things, when I'm worried, when I'm anxious, I, you know, I, I don't even think about it. I don't even use the resources that God has for me. 
you know, um, maybe, you know, all this COVID time for you and quarantine is hard for you. Maybe it's easy for you. I don't know kind of where you are on that spectrum. But when the hard times come, is God a resource we're drawn from? Or is he just kind of sitting on that shelf? Just some nice trinkets that I don't know the value of. When you're feeling alone, condemned, anxious, discontent, where's God in those moments? Do I realize the blessing, the rich inheritance that I have from the Lord? We're going to get um, back to what I think that practically looks like, but I just want to read to you uh, the bulk of Ephesians 1 and make some quick comments, okay? So, starting in verse 1 of Ephesians 1, it says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. See, the first thing you see of how God has blessed us is it says he's given us every spiritual blessing. Not just some blessings, but everything that we need. We don't just have a nice trinket worth $100. We have something of infinite worth. Second um, Peter 1.3, uh, Peter writes that we have everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. Verse 4, he says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Um, you know, here it, it says that he, he chose us. A lot of times in my life, I just think that I'm random and a product of just random happenings around me. Um, you know, maybe you're like, hey, I just, well, I believe in God because that's kind of what my parents do. But it says here, the God of the universe passionately chose you and is pursuing you. You know, we, we might say, well, my life is a mess and, and it's my fault and I'll have to deal with it. But God, God's like, no, 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 no. I chose you. I have a purpose for you. I have plans for you. He chose us. In verse, uh, in verse five, he says, in love, he predestined us to adoption, to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. You know, he says he's adopting us. Um, that means you're a full heir of all of God's blessings. We're, we're called co-heirs of Jesus Christ. Um, there's no longer ifs, ands, or buts, and maybe I'll go to heaven, maybe I won't, or anything like that. No, he's like, no, I, I, have, I have called you my children. I have this huge blessing for you. Like this woman received an inheritance. God is giving us this great inheritance that we are so ridiculously blessed. In verse 6, he says, To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. He talks about there how grace is freely given to us. We don't have to worry about feeling condemned. And is God going to forgive me or love me uh, this time that I've sinned? Of course he will. He's freely given us grace. Verse 7, he says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Here, that God, God isn't looking at us like a bunch of messed up people. He sees us as holy and forgiven. In Psalms, it talks about as far as the east is from the west, so far our sins have been taken from us. In verse 8, he says, He lavished on us, he's talking about his grace, with all wisdom and understanding. He's not just going to give us a little bit of grace. He's talking about he lavished on us. He's giving it abundantly to us. Verse 9, he says, He made known to us the mystery of his will, 
according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. You know, if, if, we're ever, if you ever wonder, well, what am I supposed to be in life? What am I supposed to do in life? God is like, hey, I, I want to make that known to you. I want to reveal to you what my purpose for you is. Skipping down to verse 13, he says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are called God's possession to the praise of his glory. He says here that, that he's given us the Holy Spirit and he's, it's like he's marked us with a seal. Kind of in, in ancient times, uh, if a ruler would put out a decree and remember they couldn't like videotape it or live stream it or anything like that, they would write kind of their decree out and then put it in a, in a scroll and they put their seal on it and then they'd send out that decree, and then people would know it's, off, it's from them because it had their seal on it. It's kind of like a guarantee. This is, this is something that's going to happen. This has got a, a power and authority behind it. And he's saying the Holy Spirit on our life is like that, that seal that's saying this is going to happen. You can't change it. The word has already been spoken. And we have now that Holy Spirit inside us. Um, he's, he's in us. Uh, and he's dwelling with us, reminding us that he's, that he's real. He's got a plan and he's going to accomplish it. And my question is, as I look through all these ways that God has blessed us, is, am I like the lady who just kind of looks at my faith, looks at this, looks at what all God's done and say, yeah, those are some nice trinkets. You know, I might get a little happiness by looking at them. Or when the hard things come in life, do I say, no, man, I'm really leaning into that. That's what I believe. That's what I live by. And what do I mean by that, right? You know, I think Satan has ravaged a ton of people saying, hey, you're worthless. You're good for nothing. And when those thoughts are coming in that you're a mess up and you're always going to mess up and will, will the truth overpower that that says, no, no, God is going, God has already forgiven me. There, as it says in Romans 8, 1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And so will that truth that God has forgiven me just kind of shut all that, that noise that Satan and, and lies and junk that Satan is throwing at you that you're worthless. Jesus Christ died on a cross for you. You have incredible worth to him. Um, when it comes to forgiving other people, right? Um, maybe it's that, that, that neighborhood kid that's just kind of been obnoxious to you or something one of your parents did to you. Um, and you're like, I know I should forgive, but I don't want to forgive. And that's, when I say I don't want to forgive, that's like treating grace and what God's given us like a trinket. Yeah, yeah, it looks nice, but I don't want it to really impact my life. Instead, of, instead what I think God wants us to do is to realize I have been so richly blessed. I have been so richly forgiven. And I'd be a fool not to forgive other people. Um, you know, in the areas of, of contentment, maybe you're an introvert and you love this whole social distancing thing, um, but I, I think for a lot of us right now, there's a lot of reasons and valid reasons to be discontent and frustrated. Um, you're, you want to go out and you want to get a... <laughs> shoot, there's so many things you want to be different. And, and I think when we are discontent and we're crying over, well, I, don't, I don't get this the way I want and that the way I want, I feel like a lot of times we're like Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, you know, two guys that are multi-billionaires crying over losing a $20 bill. No, they, they've got billions of dollars. 
And in the same way, we're so ridiculously rich and so blessed by God. And they're like, okay, God, yeah, everything's not the perfect way I want, but I can still praise you. I can still thank you because I have been so richly, richly blessed. Do I realize how blessed I am? Um, I, th- I think it applies in the areas of our fear, right? I think right now in the world of COVID that we live in, you know, there's a lot of fears out there, whether it's of, of getting sick yourself or your parents getting sick, or maybe of fears that have nothing to do with, with COVID and you're just anxious. Um, do we, do I just forget about God's blessings in my anxiety? Or do I remember all the ways God has richly blessed me? The certainty I know of, of an eternity where I'll be in heaven. Do, do I allow those things to have a, a, an impact on my life? I, and I think this applies to almost every area of my life. When I realize how ridiculously blessed I am, there should be a joy, a contentment, a peace that overwhelms all the other emotions that are going on. Now, I hope you realize what I'm talking about today is hard, okay? It, it's not, there's some very real fears you're facing and some very real pain that you, I know, are experiencing. And so just to say, okay, hey, I'm just going to believe God a little more. And it's just like, hey, magic, it's all going to be better. That's not what I'm saying in the least. I do think this is something that we daily need to work on. We need to ask God's help to realize and understand how greatly we have been blessed. I mean, and this is what you see at the end of Ephesians 1, where Paul makes, Paul makes this prayer. And starting in verse 18, he says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And he's saying, guys, I've already told you about God's blessing, but I'm still praying for you that you would realize it, that you would grow in it, and that you would understand it more. And, and he's, and he's, I think he's saying here, hey, I know this is not just some easy snap your fingers and things like that. So I'm praying for you in this. And I think for each of us, we need God's help even to realize how blessed we are. So we need to remind ourselves of these truths every day. And that's what Paul's prayer is for them right here. He says, hey, I want them to remember the hope of their calling. You know, to know, hey, in the end, God wins and Satan is defeated. Sin is going to be no more. There's going to be no more death, mourning, or crying, or pain. Um, what the world tells me is false. God is going to win. And, and, and that's why he says, I want you to know the hope of your calling. Second, he's like, I want you to know the riches of the glory of his inheritance. What is waiting for me in heaven is way better than anything that I can experience here on earth. And that's why it's worth being pure on earth now. That's why it's worth investing in other people that will last until eternity. Um, That's why it's worth putting other people ahead of myself. Um, Because I know something greater is coming. And he wants them to know the surpassing greatness of God's power. Um, you question uh, God's strength. I question God's strength a lot. Like, God, do you have a plan in this? What are you doing here? Uh, I don't know if I can defeat this temptation or this issue. There's this, I don't know what, how to deal with even my anxiety and my fear and things like that. But God is saying, hey, would you remember, I have this infinite power and I want to help you uh, if you uh, believe. Now, this is kind of what 
I think Ephesians 1 is all about. And I would encourage you this week, read it, answer some of the questions I have for you online, and we're going to be talking about it more on Wednesday. But I want you to know, God has ridiculously blessed each one of us. Do I realize it? Do I just treat God like he's some nice trinket on my shelf? Or does he have a real practical daily implication in my life? I want to close today by using Paul's prayer as we close in prayer. God, I do pray that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened and opened, that we would each know the hope which you've called us to. God, I pray that we would know the riches of your glorious inheritance. Man, that there is an amazing eternity waiting for us. And God, I pray that we would know the incomparably great power that you have for us who believe. Lord, that's the same power and mighty strength that you used when you raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the age to come. And God, you placed all things under his feet and appointed to him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You're God and you're awesome. Help us to know these things and experience these things in a more rich and full way this week. For your name, for your honor, and your glory. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Hope you guys have a great week. We will see you on Wednesday. And again, I'd encourage you uh, to print out the sheets uh, on Ephesians 1 and read it this week before Wednesday night. See you guys.